Hello there. Hello there. Hello there. Hello there. I'm Benny. And I'm Kyle. And you're listening to The Doctor's Watcher. The podcast where I watch Doctor Who and I tell you about it. So, um, we usually start by talking about what we've been up to in the, you know, past couple days. And recently, Kyle and I went and did something rather momentous in our lives. Indeed. (laughs) We watched the latest Star Wars, which I imagine that by the time this comes out, um, people won't care about spoilers anymore. Right. Or anything like that. This episode airs on the 14th of March. Okay, so... so that should be past the spoiler embargo date. Yeah, and uh, we're going to go ahead and talk a little bit about um, The Rise of Skywalker. I loved it. I did as well. I, I thought it was great. I, I've read online that that is not an opinion that is universally shared, but I don't care. Um, I thought it was great. I love these characters. I love that they go on an adventure together. They fight the bad guys and they, you know, come through all sorts of trials and tribulations and triumph in the end. And, you know, the power of friendship and them believing in each other gets them through it all. And then they hug at the end. Stories about like the power of friendship and like people joining together and like fighting against like the evil shit. Yes. that, that gets me every time. Yes, I'm, I'm such a soft-hearted chump and a sucker for that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying there's not room in my heart for cantankerous old men who are kind of assholes. <laughs> um, but I, I I love these characters in this yeah. sequel trilogy. Um, I loved seeing, you know, the, uh, the old crew in their cameos and scenes. Uh, Han came back. Oh, man, that... that- truly shocked me. They, I did not expect to <laughs> ever see Harrison Ford in Star Wars ever again. No, I was I was pretty sure that he had probably negotiated specifically not to have to come back as part of his like contractual agreement to be in The Force Awakens. And mm-hmm. yet they found a place to park a second truck full of money next to the first truck full of money from The Force Awakens. <laughs> Um, so apparently they, they brought him back too. I wonder, A, how much time he actually spent like on set (laughs) and B, how much he got paid for it. (laughs) Cause I'd be really curious to know like what his per minute rate is for appearing in a, in a star war. It's gotta be high. Yeah. He might've set a record. (laughs) (laughs) I, I mean, I can't right now think of any other scenario where somebody could have possibly made more money than Harrison Ford returning as Han Solo for like maybe two minutes of screen time. Yeah. If that, not a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Star Wars, those of you who have been listening to this podcast, which I suspect are all of you, most people probably don't start on episode nine, halfway through it, or probably more than halfway through a serial. Um, you may have noticed I start each episode by saying hello there, which (laughs) is a subtle, possibly not so subtle reference to the fact that I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Um, Kyle, obviously is as well. Um, Doctor Who, I suspect, is a huge thing in his heart, but in my heart, Star Wars always reigns supreme. We had Um, that fallen episode or two ago who was, like, kind of semi-quoting Yoda, remember? Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. (laughs) I don't remember quite what episode that was in. 
because uh, the other thing about this particular recording is that we actually haven't recorded in like forever. Yeah. Yeah, it's been months. In uh, fact, uh, this is the first episode we've recorded since we launched our podcast. That's true. And as of yesterday, on this recording date, we actually had three episodes out already. So just to give you listeners at home who are, you know, trying to like plot the calendars of our lives, a few hints about how long it's been. Yeah. And, uh, it's a little weird. It's a little weird when I know for a fact that people have listened to this podcast already and they've talked to me about it. Yeah. Um, you know, just folks I know. Speaking of people listening to it and talking to us about it, I think based on our download numbers, that there might be some people listening that we don't personally know. And I am really curious, like, how they found out about it and what they think about it. So if you're listening to this and you don't know either of us in person or in real life, go ahead and, like, send an email to the doctor's watcher at gmail.com if you want. And, yeah, talk to us. I'm, I want to know who you are. Yeah. We're nice. We're friendly. <laughs> You know, you can tweet at us at Dr. Watcher on Twitter. Um, yeah. So one thing I was thinking about, I think in one of our previous episodes, we talked a little bit about the fact that we are recording in the present for people to listen to in the future. <laughs> but I wonder, now that we've actually launched and like we know what day this episode is going to go out, does that mean that we're now recording in the past for people to listen to in the present of March 14th? Shut up, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> My brain. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> uh, so I realize that we're spending a lot of time before we actually get into the episode. But one more thing I wanted to say is that Kyle made us both some very nice pod broth um, which is from, I guess, a recipe book for podcasters where different podcasts... I don't know. I should let you tell it because yeah. you're the one who's talking I mean, about it. Yeah. We'll say it's it's just a recipe book for podcasters yes. for now. Pod broth. So. Pod broth. We've got our pod broth ready to go. Yes. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> oh, and ho- happy holidays to everyone. One of our holiday gifts to ourselves was a new microphone. So if this sounds a little better, which hopefully it does, because <laughs> microphone is new, uh-huh. <laughs> hopefully it makes some difference. Indeed. And with that, yes, let's talk about Doctor Who. Let's do it. So, this is episode nine, The Expedition. Cool. And given that, as we mentioned, it's been a while since we recorded, I'm real curious (laughs) how you're going to answer the following question, Benny. I thought you were going to forget about this. (laughs) Do you remember where we left off? Um, I genuinely thought you were just going to have mercy on me and just (laughs) go right into the synopsis. Um, Yeah, so... You and I were talking about this a little bit yesterday, because um, after watching uh, Star Wars, we you know went and had dinner with our friends, 
um, and then we hung out a bit and talked about Star Wars, but we also talked about a little bit, we also talked a little bit about the Doctor's Watcher, and I was saying that I remember that there was, like, Ian did the world's worst job of warning people about the ambush, Mm-hmm. Because um, he basically sat there and he watched one of the Thals come out and give like a speech about, um, I guess, to the Daleks. I don't remember what it was about. I'm trying to. No, I don't remember that well. But then, <laughs> yeah, he basically waited way too long, long before he's like, "Oh, hey, this is an ambush. Get out of here!" And by then, I think they got captured or possibly killed. Maybe a, a couple of the Thals got killed and. They went back to the Thal camp where they ended up learning some about the Thal history and like how they used to be warriors. And Ian and Barbara kind of think about trying to convince the Thals to like go fight the Daleks. Mm-hmm. But it seems like it's probably going to be a no go. So then they're basically ready to like hop into the TARDIS and head out when. Ian discovers he doesn't have the fluid link anymore. Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. Uh, And that's where the episode ends, as Ian explains that he didn't actually lose it. (laughs) The Daleks took it from him. Yes, and he didn't think to mention this before now. Right. Back in the city, we learn that the drug has been duplicated. Meaning, of course, the anti-radiation drug that the Daleks got from Susan who got it from the Thals and the Daleks have it all planned out. Like which Daleks are going to be taking the anti-radiation drug at what point. Uh So work will not be interrupted. Okay. So like, yeah, basically the Daleks want to like test out this, this drug Uh and see how it's going to help their lives out and whatnot. But well, that sounds nice. They're being smart about it. Like I'm they're, s- I'm so happy for you know, them. I'm sure that this yeah. will work out well for everybody. Only going to do it on like a few Daleks at a time <laughs> because you know they need to keep working. And then the Daleks look at some photos of our heroes, photos which have been captured by their various instruments. And are these just little Polaroids that like come out the front <laughs> of the Dalek? They're actually displayed on these like circular monitors. Oh, cool! Yeah, and the Daleks look at these photos and they realize that they have made contact with the Thals, mm. and also that it is logical that together they will attack us. So the Daleks are are getting ready for a fight. It's interesting because they had no real intention of fighting until they realized they didn't have the fluid link. Yeah. Um, and of course, at this point, the Thals still don't really want to fight. They're not willing much to Ian's consternation. We cut in at what must be like near the end of a conversation between Ian and Aladdin. Because we see Aladdin tell Ian no and storm off. And then we see Ian and Barbara have this whole conversation where Ian admits that he's not really comfortable, like, pushing the Thals too far or too hard. Mm-hmm. Because some of them will surely die if they engage in this fight with the Daleks. Yeah, that's, that's cool of him. And, yeah, even though 
Ian and Barbara and Susan and the Doctor will all be trapped here if they don't get the fluid link back. Ian can't ask the Thals to die for him. Yeah. That's cool. Susan asks the Doctor if he's made another fluid link yet, and he tells her that he can't. And not only that, he tells her... And I've looked through all my spares, and I've really discovered we do need some mercury. Put us in a bit of a jam. <laughs> Doctor. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty funny. He says, uh... I'm afraid my little trick has rather rebounded on me. Uh-huh. <laughs> you think so? Uh-huh. Well, at least he admits it. Yeah. Even though I noticed that the words sorry and apologize didn't show up in that statement. No, I'm not sure if those words even exist in his vocabulary. <laughs> Doctor... We'll see if he actually learns any lessons from this or not, <laughs> I suppose, in future episodes. <laughs> hmm. Then there's another funny little exchange. The doctor says, What you might call tempting providence, Jessamine. And Ian says, Well, don't worry about it now, doctor. It's happened. And the doctor says, Yes, but at least you're not vindictive. And Ian says, Well, I will be if you don't get my name right. I was about to say. And the doctor is like, hmm? Ian says, It's Chesterton. Doctor's like, yes, eh? Did I know that? Which made me wonder, like, was that actually in the script, or did William Hartnell misspeak and William Russell just went with it? <laughs> A little improv. Yeah. Which you know, I don't know. Like, these are the days when we're saving budget, yeah, and not doing very many takes of each shot. Yeah. So it's completely in character for the doctor to not yeah. care about exactly what that person's name is. <laughs> so they just they start discussing their plans and the doctor is basically like, Oh, it'll be fine. Like we've got this whole ready made army here, the Thals, and they're faster than the Daleks. And Ian's like, Well yeah, but they don't have like any weapons. <laughs> <laughs> the doctor's like, Oh, whatever. The doctor says, The mind will always triumph. With me to lead them, the fowls are bound to succeed. Hmm. So, yeah, clearly, you know, as long as you've got the doctor leading you, then I guess you can't fail. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, does he have any combat leadership experience or... Ah, uh, I don't know. Yeah, who knows. Uh, yeah, I think he's... He says the mind will always triumph, so I think basically he's just being an ass about how smart he is. Yeah. Science. Science will triumph. And at this point, we get a new bit for our podcast. Uh, it's what I'm calling our Damn Barbara moment. Damn Barbara. Uh, they're having this discussion... And first, Barbara's like, do I get any say in this? And Ian's like, of course you do. Oh, good. So Barbara's like, well, I think the doctor's right. If the Thals fight the Daleks, we can get the fluid link back and get the fuck out of here. Mm -hmm. And the doctor says, oh, just common sense. Young lady, I've been underestimating you. Which I thought was kind of nice. Barbara's finally getting her due. Ian still refuses, though. So much for Barbara having a say. I kind of say I don't love the fact that the doctor's like, oh, I've been underestimating you because you agree with me now. Yeah, that's a fair point. Ian still doesn't want anyone's death on his conscience. So he's still refusing. And Barbara's like, 
except mine and Susan's and the doctor's. Quite so. Hmm. Damn. That's Barbara. our damn Barbara moment. Damn Barbara. So Ian decides that he'd be okay with it if the Thals want to fight. Okay. Barbara's like, all you're doing is playing with words. Hmm. But she goes with it. They start making plans for how to convince the Thals to fight the Daleks. And first they have to figure out if the Thals are... Cowards? Or are they just against fighting on principle? Hmm. So Ian starts trying to deliberately provoke them. Jeez. I feel like there's probably an easier way to do that. <laughs> yeah, probably. Maybe just start by asking them about their principles. Yeah, yeah, you could just directly communicate. Like, that would be one way. <laughs> you, could, you could try. <laughs> so first, he threatens to take their historical records, which have seemed very important to them, uh-huh. and try to trade them to the Daleks in exchange for the fluid link. He's like, you know, these have got to be, like, valuable to the Daleks. The Thals don't really act like they care that much, or maybe they just don't believe Ian's threat. Uh, he, he rolled low on his persuasion yeah. check, or maybe his deception check. It, it was a deception check, because he wasn't ever actually going to do that. He's a nice guy. And, yeah, I think he just rolled Mostly. low on that, because they don't really react well. He's a nice guy for somebody in the 60s, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not really sure how, how to gauge that. Well, the following bit might change your mind. Okay. Because at this point, Ian says something about how maybe the Daleks are more interested in people. He says, maybe they wanted to experiment on us, and I could bring them an alternative. So he grabs Dione and starts leading her away from the rest <laughs> of the Thals, and... With this, Aladon finally comes over and punches Ian. Nice. And Not that I'm, you know, condoning violence. <laughs> uh, in this case, I think it was, it was probably worthwhile. So he comes over and punches Ian, and Ian's like... So there is something you'll fight for. Ah. You've, and you've found your pepper sauce. And Aladon stares off into the middle distance with a look of realization and contemplation on his face. Mm, he has a taste for it now. <laughs> Once you've punched, you can never unpunch. <laughs> yes, you can walk down that path one punch at a time. <laughs> Now his fist hungers and yearns for more flesh. She hungers for the like hard shell of a Dalek. <laughs> she will punch it open. That must be even better than punching a human. Yes. Hello, this is Dalek Kyle. I hope you are enjoying this podcast. If so, please leave a five-star review on iTunes and tell your friends about the podcast. If you are not enjoying it, you can leave a five-star review anyway to give Benny and I a false sense of security. Thank you for listening. Meanwhile, back in the Dalek City, you know those movies like Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, for example that kind of try to emulate what it's like to be on certain drugs and kind of, like, try to show it in, like, the visual effects and stuff. Yeah. 
Uh, well, I'm, we, I'm sorry, I've never seen Fear and Loathing okay. in Las Vegas. <laughs> but I have seen like Train Spotting. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, Train Spotting that sort of does thing. that. Yeah. Requiem for a Dream. Well, we kind of get to see what it's like to be a tripping out Dalek here. <laughs> and oh, man, these, these anti-radiation <laughs> drugs, you guys. Sorry. Oh, man, you guys, these anti-radiation drugs. <laughs> it's basically like putting a kaleidoscope filter on your camera lens and then spinning in circles. I suspect it's basically exactly like that. <laughs> <laughs> we, so we see a Dalek spinning in circles as it shouts... That's a bad trip. Yeah. But I had a realization at this moment. I was thinking about our recent episode where Ian was inside of a Dalek shell. Mm -hmm. And we learned in that episode that there are controls. Mm -hmm. Uh, I guess we don't know, like, if there was a joystick or if the Daleks had invented game pads or, you know, WASD and mouse or what. I was picturing like a, a... a bank of joysticks, but oh, I, yeah. I guess I didn't realize that's, it that doesn't be. show up in the actual episode. Uh, but we do know that there are controls, yes. for sure. Yeah. So, I think what that means is that this Dalek that we see tripping out, who is spinning in circles out of control, is presumably, like, in its drugged-out state. <laughs> it's manipulating the controls to spin in circles. Yeah. <laughs> and could probably, like stop at any time if it weren't tripping out yeah i i could stop but my tentacles are huge (laughs) they look so cool when i'm waving them around whoops just hit another switch oh my god you guys have you ever looked at your tentacles (laughs) on anti-radiation drugs (laughs) yeah your dog voice is way better than mine (laughs) i'm just kind of doing a generic robot voice so we cut to the dalek control room where we learn that the first group of Daleks to get the anti-radiation drugs. Let's <laughs> try that one again. So we go back to the control room where we learn that the first group of Daleks... Wait, I'm not Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> we go back to the control room where we learn that the first group of Daleks who got the anti-radiation drugs are all fucked up. <laughs> and they are incapable of working. So they'd better stop issuing the drug. Wait, maybe we should test it one more time just to be sure. <laughs> Shut up, Dalek Bob. <laughs> but the Daleks have also realized through this sequence of events, I guess, that they actually require radiation to survive. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Man, we've been trying so hard to get these anti-radiation drugs. Anti-radiation uh-huh. drugs. Only to find out... And of course, I think if I remember right from a few episodes ago, I think the radiation on this planet has been going down. Yeah. So that's going to be a problem for the Daleks. They, this means that they need to set off. Another neutron bomb. Oh, nice. That's a good solution. Yeah. If you're a Dalek. <laughs> <laughs> we cut back to the Thal camp where... 
Aladon is struggling with his thoughts mm. as he wonders which is the most important to 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 fight and live or to die without fighting mm. Barbara and Ganatus overhear this and Ganatus basically starts making attack plans he knows what's up yep he's already been to the lake he knows what's down there the lake is full of horrible monsters but there's no like Dalek protection back there. Mm-hmm. They're basically using the lake like as their protection of the city from behind. So he thinks Ganatus thinks that they could attack the Daleks from behind. Mm-hmm. Aladdin talks himself around to agreeing to fight the Daleks, reasoning that for one, our heroes are going to go with or without the Thals. Yeah. So if the Thals decide not to go, it's kind of like they're sending our heroes to die. But also... Huh. It's kind of not your responsibility, though. Yeah. What somebody else does with their lives, especially if they're going to go endanger themselves, and then you have to go endanger yourself because they endangered themselves. Yeah, that's definitely not the Thals' responsibility. Like, I'm I'm glad that they're going to help, yeah. that Eladin decides to help, but yeah... I was reading recently about how I believe in the Jewish faith, like if you see somebody like fall into water and start drowning or whatever, um, if you don't know how to swim, you are obligated to not jump in to try to save them Mm -hmm. because you jumping in and not knowing how to swim is just going to make things worse. Mm -hmm. So like you're still obligated to like get help. Yeah. But don't make it worse. Huh. So that makes sense. Yeah. I think the Thals are kind of in a, a similar situation here. But Aladdin's other reason is is basically that the Daleks are strong and they hate the Thals. So, and eventually they'll figure out a way to leave the city. Because remember, at the, at the current point, they can only travel within the city on their own metal floors that conduct static electricity. Uh-huh. But eventually they'll figure out how to leave the city and come kill the Thals. Mm -hmm. So we might as well go fight them now. That makes sense. And so he tells all of the Thals about his decision. And he basically says, like, if you all don't agree, I'm going to go with these people to fight the Daleks anyway. And after I help you all elect a new leader. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I have to say I'm usually not a big fan of the whole, like, we have to attack them before they attack us argument, because, like, how can you actually be sure that that other person was going to attack you? Sometimes it just seems like people are looking for an excuse. But in this case, I think the Daleks are pretty bad. Yeah. Like, I've got a feeling. I guess our heroes don't actually know that the Daleks are planning on setting off another neutron bomb. Yeah, that would also be a good reason if they did. So yeah, basically Aladdin says, like, I'm going to go fight. Y'all can either come along or I can help y'all elect a new leader before I leave. And the other Thals all kind of look around at each other and they're like, "Eh, yeah, cool, we'll come along too. Sounds good. Okay. uh, There's not really a, a big thing there. None of them wanted to be the leader. Right. Ganatus busts out all the maps and plans that he's already drawn up. And this is like, I've got character sheets for all of you. <laughs> Aladdin's like, You knew what my decision would be. 
And Ganatus is like, I could always have destroyed it if you decided differently. <laughs> and the doctor says, If we get this intelligent anticipation, we shall succeed. He's like, sweet, this Ganatus dude is fucking smart. Yeah. And it's all about, like, intelligence is really the only stat that you need. Just, like, min-max everything. Right. Yeah, that, that does seem to be the doctor's philosophy at this point. We can't possibly lose. Uh-huh. As everyone who's ever played D&D knows, that's true. Like, you don't need any other stats. Like, you can go into combat with one hit. I'm just going to cut this Strength of one. Strength of one. Yeah, like, if you're into 20, then you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. We'll see if this stays in the episode. <laughs> they make plans to split into two groups. Oh, they're already splitting the party. One group is going to distract the Daleks on the city wall side. Mm-hmm. And the other one is going to go through the mountains and the swamp, braving all the weird, gross, mutated swamp lake creatures, and enter the city from the back. I would rather be on the... Uh Staying at a safe distance and taunting the Dalek side. Yeah, I think... the scary swamp monsters and <laughs> mutants side. I think I would, I would probably tend to agree with that. It does <laughs> seem to be a bit safer. Assuming that they are at a safe distance. We don't know the range on the, oh, the that's Dalek's true. beams. But I did realize that we're finally getting to the expedition of the episode title. Ah, yes. Antidus and Ganatus are heading through the swamp, uh-huh. and Antidus clearly doesn't want to be there. <laughs> he's scared and he's worried, and he and An- he and Ganatus kind of stay back a little bit as the rest of the group moves on, and Ganatus basically tells him to shut up and keep it to himself. Mm. He doesn't want Antidus worrying the others. Uh-huh. I think Antidus has pretty reasonable fears, though, uh-huh. He's been to the swamp before, I think in one of the previous episodes when they attacked, and he watched some dude named Amesis get dragged under oh, dang. while everyone else ran in terror. Not Amesis. But Ganatus is like, ah, nah, dude, just shut up and be chill. Like, we're gonna do this. Like, regardless, like, we're going on. That monster tore Amesis to pieces. <laughs> We get a bit of a sense of how much time this is all taking, like this whole plan, as Ganatus and Ian walk together for a little bit, and Ian says it's only taken them four hours to get there from the edge of the forest, which leaves them with two and a half days to get through the mountains to the city. Mm. So this this isn't just like an afternoon plan, this is like a serious multi-day trekking. Mm-hmm. We get our bad 60s moment of the episode. Oh, I was almost worried we wouldn't have <laughs> Ian mentions that he's going back to give Barbara a hand, and Ganatus is like, I'm surprised you let her come. And Ian's like, I'd be more surprised if I could have stopped her. Hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that's not the worst of our bad 60s moments, but, yeah, they both kind of don't quite seem comfortable with a woman having will and, you know, 
they find a nice spot to make camp for the night. And Ganatus assigns Barbara the task of seeing to the food. Jeez. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and it's like earlier when he says, you know, I don't know if I could have stopped her. Uh, it's like, you know, on the one hand, it's cool to acknowledge that the other person has free will and agency and, uh, you know, is a strong will or whatever. But if it's just like, oh, you know how women are, you can't talk them into anything, or, oh, she's so willful, or, uh, that's, yeah. that's completely different. Yeah, I think it's, it, it kind of felt along the lines of like, oh, she's so willful. Yeah. Yeah, it was that, I think that sort of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, Barbara starts making food while Ganatus gets a fire going. We get a few shots. Ian, like, goes to the lake to wash his hands, I guess. And we get some shots of, like, monstrous noises and some weird shit coming out of the lake. And Ian decides that maybe he won't wash his hands there. <laughs> Are we talking, like, claws? <laughs> or is it just, like, the, the water surface is churning? Uh, mostly the water surface is churning. There's, like, a lot of bubbling and kind of some whirlpool yeah. effect. You don't want none of that, Ian. Yeah, so Ian just runs back to camp. I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> He's like, hygiene, not actually that important <laughs> uh-huh. compared to not getting eaten. So they leave one of the thals to keep watch overnight while everyone else goes to sleep. <laughs> and the next morning, Elion, who was keeping watch, shows Aladdin and Ian his discovery which is that there are pipes leading into the lake. Mm. And they all realize that the Daleks must get their water from here, like, you know, the city water mm-hmm. from this lake. And they further surmise that since the Daleks aren't very mobile, mm-hmm. they must have cut a path through the mountains to work on the pipes. Mm. So it's good thinking. Yeah. Our heroes still need to get to the pipes, but... Once they're there, like, the trip into the city should be pretty easy, theoretically. It turns out intelligence is the only stat you need. (laughs) Barbara, who we already know from a previous episode, is a master of foreshadowing, (laughs) wonders where Elion is. This is, like, a, a scene later. So when you say we know from a previous episode that she's a master of foreshadowing... Does that mean that because that was a previous episode, it was foreshadowing her as somebody who's good at foreshadowing? (laughs) I suppose, uh, yeah, it must have. When she foreshadowed stuff in a previous episode, they were foreshadowing that she's a foreshadowing master. Yes. So she wonders, like, you know, a scene or two later where Elian is, and Aladdin tells her that Elian has gone off to fill up the water bags and won't be long. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> That's always a, a good thing to hear. Uh-huh. The camera cuts over to Elian, who's filling up the water bags <laughs> at the lake. And as he watches... We know it's in, we know it's in black and white, so <laughs> it's hard to tell, but he's wearing a red shirt. <laughs> And yeah, in front of Elian's eyes, a, a whirlpool starts forming in the lake. And Elian starts to scream. And then the camera cuts away. I'm sure he's fine. 
And uh, it's unclear why, because the camera cut away, but the end of his screaming is cut off with, like, a gurgling noise. (laughs) (laughs) As if he went underwater. He's going to pull through. Our heroes and the rest of the Thals heard him scream, so a few of them rush off to find out what happens. And title card next episode, The Ordeal, comes up on the screen. Oh, dang. Uh, this is always hard because, like, on the one hand, you know, we're supposed to chat and talk. On the other hand, like, I just do want to ha- know what happens next. Also, for some reason, I thought that one was going to be the last one. It just felt climactic. They kind of were setting it up to seem like that, I think. Because we had the whole bit about, like, you know, we're getting back to the TARDIS. Yeah. Everything seems cool. Yeah. Oh, we just need the fluid link. That's going to be like one more episode to get the fluid yeah, link, I mean, right? You show up and you confront them and you have the big showdown and then you leave. And right. That's, that's one episode. But yeah. Yeah. I, okay. I, I kind of feel like we spent enough time kind of leading into this episode talking about Star Wars and stuff that like, maybe we should just go on to the next one. I just want yeah, to maybe so. Our, I just, I just want to <laughs> our listeners are still going to have to wait two weeks to find out what happens. <laughs> well, too bad for them. <laughs> but we can wait two minutes. <laughs> Tell me, God. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, with that, we will talk to you all next time. Bye. Bye. Hi, Kyle here. The Doctor's Watcher would like to thank Circuit 23 for the awesome theme song he created for us. You can find his music, including our theme, at soundcloud.com slash circuit23. And you can reach him at circuit.23, that's circuit.23, at gmail.com. Thanks to Benny for listening to me talk about Doctor Who, and thanks to all of you for listening to Benny listen to me talk about Doctor Who. We'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at thedoctorswatcher at gmail.com, or on Twitter at doctorwatcher. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you review your podcasts. Join us next time on The Doctor's Watcher. Well, where's Elliot? He's going to fill the water bags. It won't be long. 